I've got a French miracle. And I've got uh, someone being stripped. Welcome to Date Fights. It's the podcast where we take things that occurred on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we are. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tuffy. And together we have taken two of the wild yeasts floating in the air of history and mixed them in the flour and water paste of entertainment and to see whose dough comes out sourest and most doughy. You are so, so obsessed with the sourdough. I haven't done any sourdough. I haven't doughy. done it. I'm just watching everyone do it. Go, I hope what this is really about. It's about envy. It's about my continued bitterness and envy for everyone else in the world. Yeah. And it's why don't we um yeah, why don't you introduce our successful historian? <laughs> Joining us today is Alex von Tunzelman, the author of such tomes no not tomes, they're books. They're lovely books. As <laughs> blood and sand. Tomes sounds awful. Don't think they're tomes. <laughs> could almost be envy coming out of your voice there. Yeah, uh, anyway, she's good. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Hello Alex, how are you? Hello, I'm right. Tomes sounds a bit like tombs, doesn't it? Yes. It does sound quite depressing. Yeah. No one wants to read a tome, do they? No. 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 Right. I'm They're not dusty. You don't have dusty books. <laughs> do you? Nobody says it's a really short, entertaining tome. No. Do they? It's, no. It's a quick, readable tome. It's a really accessible <laughs> tome. <laughs> Just a light tome for when you're feeling... It's a toilet tome. It's a toilet tome. <laughs> I've done a few of those in my time. Now, oh... <laughs> Let's go to the 29th of April, 1967. In fact, let's go back before that to 1942, when in Louisville, Kentucky, Cassius Clay was born in 1942. Um, He became the gold champion in Olympic boxing in 1960 at the age of 18, and then went on to become the world heavyweight champion of hitting other people in the face, which is apparently very difficult. Um, In 1961, he converted to Islam, uh, but didn't tell anyone about it for three years. When he became world heavyweight champion in 1964, that's when he let everyone know. But on April 28th, 1967, he was called up to serve in Vietnam. And he said, no, thank you. And he walked out of the uh, recruiting office saying, uh, I ain't got no quarrel with the Viet Cong. I'm not going 10,000 miles from here to help murder and burn another poor nation. Uh, this was at the height of the popularity of the Vietnam War. It hadn't really become as unpopular as it was going to get over the next few years. Um, the draft had only just been introduced that year. Throughout the first six months of 1967, 15,000 people every month, I say people, uh, young men were drafted every month for the first six months, and 28,000 every month were drafted for the second half of the year. Uh, every American youth became, they call them American youth, they were, I believe youth includes... Uh, females as well generally now but at the time American youth just meant uh, men who were aged 18 and became eligible to be sent abroad at 19 you could be a conscientious objector for religious reasons which Muhammad Ali considered doing um, but he learned that he would have to still serve as a non-competent much like the Quakers did in the First World War uh, so he decided not to uh, accept the draft at all so he was stripped on the April 29th he was stripped of his titles and the Washington Post wrote um, an editorial about how terrible his decision making was Um, but from that point onwards the Vietnam War got less and less popular um, as more and more people died and came back in coffins so by 1970 it was a very unpopular thing and the Supreme Court let him off they quashed his conviction Um, he had been sentenced to five years in prison a $10,000 fine and a three year ban from boxing which seems unnecessary if you've sentenced someone to five years in prison anyway (laughs) 
No, no boxing in the prison. No, stop it. Stop it. Only for the last two years of your sentence. Um, <laughs> I mean, where, where, is he, was he allowed to do happy slapping? There's a callback. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, he was... Uh, he had his uh, conviction quashed in 1970. Um... Ironically, he was only let off because he was Muhammad Ali. Anyone else would have had to have served their time. But then he was only called up for being Muhammad Ali because they made sure that he was um, uh, that his draft came up in the draft lottery. Anyway, that's my thing for the 29th of April. In the the sea change in the opinion of Vietnam happened when Muhammad Ali was stripped of his boxing titles um, at the height of the popularity of the Vietnam War. I mean, the thing was, if you're drafting people, you know, mm. what do you do? Right, we need people to go and fight a war. What are you good at? Hitting. Hitting. All right, you're oh, yeah. in. What are you good at? <laughs> Stop uh, I work with fondant icing. Yeah, you, you're right where you are. That's 4F, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got the 29th of April, 1429. Oh, really? Oh, you've oh, gone yeah, back to that far, have you? quite impressive for me. It is. Uh, I know. Let's watch how badly I do. Uh, and <laughs> Joan of Arc arrives to mm. relieve the siege of Orléans. Mm-hmm. This is Orléans. I didn't know that's the, like, the northern bit of Paris. It is Orléans, like where the tube stop is on the metro. Oh. And uh, it happened during the Hundred Years' War. This was the big yeah. uh, conflict between the English and the French over who should run France. Yes. For some reason we felt <laughs> we ought to do that. Well, the French said so too. The French had said by, by this point that we were meant to be in charge. Then they changed their oh, mind. really? Yes. Henry V, oh, okay. uh, his successor, Henry VI, was meant to be the successor to the crown of France. But then he was only a baby when his father died. So they changed their mind and said, actually, babies aren't any good at being king. So we'll have our own one. Says you. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the baby. Uh, so this was a long siege. It had started back in October and um, the English had been held back by French missile fire and rope nets and scalding oil. Mm. Ooh, hot coals. <laughs> and quick climb. Uh, and they sort of down the hatches and Joan arrived and joined a convoy which was assembling at Blois. Mm-hmm. And it was from there that she dispatched missives to the English siege commanders. She called mm. herself the Maiden, La Pucelle, right. and said, in the name of God, be gone or I will make you go. Which is, you know, strong stuff. Yeah. And she was like, right, that is it. We are sorting this out. And she was like, we are going down to Orléans from the north. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the English forces were. Yeah. And she was like, good, let's fight them all. And uh, the commanders were like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's this way. It's just, just just this way. And sort of took them all the way around. And so they approached from the south. And she was absolutely furious <laughs> and said, right, we attack immediately. Everyone we can see. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's, let's just, 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 just get some supplies in. Uh, and uh, some boats from Orléans sailed down to the landing uh, to get supplies. And this was supposedly one of Joan of Arc's miracles, a oh. miracle. Uh, a wind which brought the boats upriver <laughs> suddenly reversed itself, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, allowing them to sail back to Orléans smoothly under the cover of darkness. I mean, winds do reverse. That's what winds do. They change direction by themselves. I, that, There's nothing me, we, a, I or you can a, do to make them change direction. That is a terrifying prospect for me as a vegan. <laughs> so uh, then they entered Orléans and it was all great and she paraded around going, you're welcome, you're yeah. welcome, giving food and money to the garrison. And uh, the English bastions 
said uh, to anyone, even like s- uh, sending out messages from Joan of Arc, they called them emissaries of a witch. Mm. Because misogyny, law. Yes. <laughs> there you are. Brilliant. That's it. Thank you. Was that the day? So this is the day that she won in Orléans. This was the day that she arrived to relieve mm. the siege. So it was kind of, uh, yeah, it was, No, nobody knows exactly it was this day or the next day that it all kicked off. No, it was, it was today, uh, April 29th. Excellent. Uh, 8 p.m. she arrived. So if you're listening well. at 8 p.m. on the 29th, this is the moment. Although, <laughs> depending on what times that are, who cares? How should they mark the moment, Jake, do you think? I think... <laughs> <laughs> Eating a witch cake. Uh, yes, yeah, I think befriend a witch. Yeah, that's good um, advice for life generally. Well, it wouldn't hurt. No. I knew a witch once. Did you? Yeah. She worked as a cleaner in Nottingham in a bedsit. That doesn't attest to her powers of magic very does, doesn't, doesn't it. Does it? <laughs> right, no. I'm going to do the birthdays. Happy birthday to William Randolph Hearst, the inventor of tabloid journalism and war fever. He went from being a progressive left candidate for the mayor of New York to being one of the most hard right figures in American politics in the 1940s uh, when he fell out with FDR. Um, he also, as well as being responsible for you know the commodification of news and probably the state of the world now, was also responsible for the blowing up of the Graf Zeppelin because it was his fault that it had to, that the Hindenburg had to come to New Jersey. So it was to pick up his photographer. That's why it was landing in New Jersey. At wow! Set fire himself. So it's all his fault. Otherwise, it wouldn't have come there at all. Um, so happy birthday, William Randolph Hearst, who was the model for Citizen Kane in the film. Citizen Kane. Um, oh, he also uncritically ran columns by Hitler and Goebbels during the 1930s, so hooray for him. Great columnist. <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> Daring. You couldn't Joseph make it Goebbels. up. Goebbels. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shoots from the hip. <laughs> Tells it like it is. Um, Alexander II of Prussia, happy birthday to you, the great reforming Tsar who emancipated the serfs and got himself blown up by an anarchist. He wasn't blown up by the first bomb. The first bomb went off under his carriage, uh, knocked it over, and he got out looking dazed, apparently, uh, and wandered around while the soldiers grabbed uh, the person who'd thrown the bomb under his carriage, at which point a second person ran up and threw another bomb at him, uh, which exploded him completely, and he was dead. Uh, Well, his legs were blown off. He was taken back to a palace where he died later on. They found out later there was, in fact, a third person waiting in the crowd with a suitcase bomb in case the first two didn't work, but they didn't have to use that one. They could save it for another time. Uh, I do hate it when people waste bombs. Yeah. Happy birthday to Toot Steelerman, the most important jazz harmonica player of the 20th century. Uh, but he was Belgian. Oh, he's great, though. He was he amazing. Was yes. But he was Belgian, so you probably don't think he was important. We found out last week that Belgium isn't important, is it, Jake? I never said... Wow. <laughs> uh, he's played with Oscar Peterson, Dizzy Gillespie, Benny Goodman, and he's good. You should listen to Toot Steelerman. I'd uh, just like to remind everyone, Nat... The judge is always right, and their word is final, except for that one time when they changed their minds in my yeah. favour. <laughs> in which came their final word was final, but their previous word was not yeah. final. Well, well! <laughs> um, happy death day to 
Catherine of Siena, she's a medieval mystic, who as a child was marked by invisible stigmata, and I don't think I'm going too far out on a limb to say that if your stigmata are invisible, then they are not stigmata. They are just nothing. Those are just your hands. Stop it, twinges. Catherine of Siena. It's just twinges. Yeah. <laughs> she's currently the patron saint of Europe because of her nothing stigmata. Anyway, um, happy death day to Paula Strasberg, the actor and wife of Lee Strasberg, who ran the Actors' Centre. Uh, she was the acting coach of Marilyn Monroe, so we can thank her for um, Someone Like It Someone Like It Hot. Uh, she was also blacklisted as a member of the American Communist Party. Happy death day to May Clark, who was the proper Bride of Frankenstein, but not the Bride of Frankenstein you're thinking of. You're thinking of the Bride of Frankenstein's monster, who was Elsa Lanchester, who had ought to be Katie Nanner in Mary Poppins, not her. May Clark, who was the Bride of Victor von Frankenstein in the first Now, now, Katie Nanner! <laughs> That's my impression. Uh, May Clark was also in The Public Enemy with Jimmy Cagney, which was such a popular film it was shown in Times Square 24 hours a day when it was released, and her ex-husband uh, went to see it every, every showing, uh, because in it, Jimmy Cagney pushes a grapefruit into her face and he learned the minutes at which that happened every hour, every couple of hours, went back into the wow. theatre and bought a ticket just to see his ex-wife have a grapefruit pushed into her face by Jimmy Cagney. Happy death day, May Clark. Wow. So that's the birthdays and the death days. Now we find out whether or not the futile campaign of the Maid of Orléans or the... The World successful Shattering campaign. War. The successful campaign. <laughs> uh, uh, Muhammad Ali wasn't burned at the stake. Uh, let's find out what Alex thinks of the two stories we're dealing with today. Well, I mean, you know, metaphorically, he was perhaps burned at the stake. Now, so I, I like the way these mm. sort of mirrored each other, that you've got uh, Muhammad Ali kind of, you know, trying to stop a war and Joan of Arc um, try to win yeah. one. Very, starting very one. nice starting one. Yeah, um, like the mirroring there. I mean, I'm afraid, sorry mm. now, I am going to have to give it to Jake because Joan of Arc actually did sort of relieve the siege of Orléans, whereas Muhammad Ali, although an immense and, uh, and <laughs> you know, fascinating campaign, um, and he did sort of perhaps culturally turn the tide. But... I wondered what noun we were having after immense there. <laughs> nah. Um, an immense figure in history uh, did actually not change the direction of the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War did, in fact, continue any number of protests against stop it. Well, hang on, the Hundred Years' War continued. Yeah, Only for a hundred years. Almost 40 more years. 40 more years the Hundred Years' War Yeah, ago. but she did yeah. change the way that war played out, whereas Muhammad Ali didn't. OK. So yeah. I'm sorry about All this. Right. I'm sorry, just be, try and be a better loser than that. Uh, Jake's yeah. got it this time. Um, <laughs> I'm sort of, I'm thinking back absolutely to a impossible. few weeks ago <laughs> when that was like, we should get a judge in. I think we should have a judge for the, for the podcast. And I was kind of like... <laughs> I'm not sure it's worked out. Anyway, see you tomorrow. Yes, thanks very much indeed. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Yes. Take care. Bye bye. At date underscore five. Bye bye. bye.